What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Life After High School podcast with your host, Glenn Young-Gagoris. On today's episode, I sit down live in Edmonton, Alberta, guest hosted with Mr. Lane Foxton, starring the incredible, savage Craig Shatani. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Thanks for tuning in. It's the Life After High School podcast. It's live in Edmonton, Alberta. Um, and today I'm joined by a very, very special guest, good uh, friend and apparently according to the guy last night at the bar uh, my twin uh, Lane Foxen here he's uh, so he's gonna be helping us out and co-hosting the episode Lane how's it going buddy good man it's a uh, it's awesome to have you here uh, you made the trip out to Edmonton all the way from Ontario it's awesome um, and yeah I guess without further ado um, coming off a fresh win at Samurai MMA uh, Craig Shintani, my my brother, my longtime training partner. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. It's, uh, it's exciting to be here. Awesome. So just so people can kind of get familiar with you, Craig, uh, if you don't mind, take us through kind of full circle from post-secondary, that transition period of your life, to now, and then we can kind of go back through it, if you don't mind. Man, it's uh, not very exciting. It's, uh, you know, opened up a gym pretty quick. Uh, after high school, a couple years after, um, gym we were at wasn't doing too hot, so we uh, decided to open up our own thing, kept fighting, kept training, ran the gym, and it's uh, it's grown into where we are now, which is exciting, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a good time, simple but good. Nice, so in that kind of time, what what were you doing like on the side to kind of keep everything afloat, or was it always like the business side of it, and you just kind of got thrown into the business of it? Yeah, it was, it was kind of just working until we ran the business, and then I, I didn't have enough time to do much else. So it was, you know, run this, you know, with very little funds coming in, you know, and uh, just try to survive. And thankfully, we made it through, and we were able to survive off the gym, and now it's growing where, uh, you know, we're doing okay, and no other job is necessary, which is always great. Nice. But yeah, it was, uh, it was save up every penny we could, get the gym going, and uh, yeah, now the team is, is solid, the gym is solid, and and life's good. Interesting. For that time frame, do you have kind of looking back on it now, any like any strategies that you would change or things you would do different now, knowing? Mm. I mean, I I would have liked to wait till I was a little bit older. Yeah. To run, open up a gym, but again, it was it just happened. The place where you're at before was not gonna make it, yeah. so um, it was kind of open up a gym and figure it out as we went or disperse, train in basements, you know, be those kind of guys. So I felt like it was kind of our responsibility to keep the team together and and try to grow something. Um, but yeah, if I if I had a gym that was stable, <laughs> I would have definitely waited a bit longer, saved up more money, not been so poor for a while there. But, you know, it worked out. Yeah, so nice. that's fine. Maybe maybe just talk about that a little bit because I remember I, I've had the fortunate uh, experience of like being with Kingdom since the, since the jump. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I remember we were, because we all, I'm, I've known you for what, like seven years now? Mm -hmm. And we were, we were training at this place called The Fire. And, um, you know, and then that's kind of how Kingdom was born, right? They, everyone kind of went their separate way, like the Muay Thai guys and the MMA mm -hmm. slash the Jiu Jitsu guys kind of went our separate ways, and that's mm -hmm. how Kingdom was formed. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like, like, kind of explain that whole process, because that was, I remember that was like kind of chaotic there for a while. And then, uh, you know, we this is like the third location that Kingdom has been at, and it's kind of you know, it's, yeah. it's awesome to see it where it is now. But right. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, for some reason the previous gym, the fire. There was a lot of drama there. I don't really know why. It was like everybody was yeah. out for everybody. It was just a weird thing. 
people weren't like friendly, which is something that we definitely wanted to not have happen in our gym. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of clicky. I didn't really know who was with who or what was going on most of the time, but it was we kind of had that group of guys, right? right and we yeah. uh, like the jiu-jitsu guys slash MMA guys, and we just tried to you know hang out and not be involved in that. And then uh, we opened up our own place. We kind of thought we knew who would come and. Yeah, they like our group came. There was another gym opened up, and they all went there, like the Muay Thai guys. Yeah. So they all went there, and it was fine when we all had our own gym. But it was definitely like two two teams pretty quick, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, and it's been awesome to see like the trajectory of working in this yeah. camp, camp, right? Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's, it's still, that's awesome to see. Interesting. So I was coming here, and after the first like half hour, and then at the end. Lane. It was pretty clean. It's a pretty clean place. <laughs> Been to a lot, of, uh, yeah, a lot of places. And like when you say, I was telling him when we got back to his crib last night, I was like, dude, for two like two dudes in their 30s, right, who run an MMA gym, you wouldn't think it's as clean as it is, mm. right? So I was like, oh, you dialed in, pretty professional spot. We like to keep it clean. So yeah, we do a lot of cleaning here. Uh, that's one thing that's been nice. Like, I've tried to travel as much as I can to see what other pro teams look like what yeah. other coaches do um but a big thing that i take away is like i'm a i'm a pretty clean person mm -hmm. so i go to a gym and if it's disgusting it's like i don't want to be here no chance yeah so you know people think an mma gym is you know going to be kind of grungy it's like i don't think it has to be you know right. like you can have everything that we need and you can clean it it's as simple as that it's like we don't have to be like meatheads and like like oh, yeah. i don't care about my hygiene it's like well we can be like normal human beings yeah. and do mma and I think a lot of man, I think a lot of coaches and gym owners just get lazy. They're just like, well, the gym is built like, you know, any any business owner really. It's like once it's the setup is done, they kind of let people run the show for a while. Yeah. It's like, well, we can show up and clean for two hours and then coach. Like it's not like it's a crazy hard thing to do. Oh god. No. So so why not do that? Have people happy? Have us happy? Yeah. And yeah. And there's nothing. There's nothing. I mean to each their own, but there's nothing worse than like going into a gym and it smells like a gym bag. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. Like, like it's just oh, like, all right, well, let's get some work in, I guess. But Dude, I've gone to so many gyms where it's like, I don't want to put my gym bag on this floor because my, <laughs> my gym bag is going to have staff, you know? It's like, yeah, it's like no just problem. sweep it, just spray it. It's super, super yeah. simple. Bare you know? minimum is yeah. pretty, uh, pretty easy I to do. I don't get it. But, but yeah. What I want to know about um, the balance, how do you manage to train and focus on your pro career at the same mm. time like what's that balance been like that's that's a tough one yeah um and then teaching as well because like you're one, yeah, of, you're one, you're one of my head coaches yeah really. good point yeah it's tough it's like i'm i'm trying to come in at a good so i wake up in the morning and i'm with my family i have a daughter now so nice. i have yes. family time and then my house has to be taken care of and then i come here and i have to clean and then in the evenings i have to coach mm -hmm. and i'm not going to be a coach that like doesn't know exactly where my fighters have to improve what their skill set is like i'm i'm gonna be involved right um Maybe. that kind of goes back to the cleaning thing it's like a lot of coaches kind of check out and just coach three techniques and that's uh, class right it's yeah. like i, I want to make sure my guys win and i want guys to get to bellator to get to ufc to get yeah. to one i want to be a very very decorated coach mm -hmm. so finding the time to train is is tough um thankfully my business partner aaron is good about that he'll He'll coach five classes at the same time if he has to. He'll do all the cleaning. Um, and then we have a lot of guys like Lane and, and Mitch Wells and those guys that will help out and they'll clean the gym. They'll do stuff to allow me to train. Mm -hmm. So having that team aspect is big. It's like, you know, 
I don't ever want to be like a a gym owner that expects you to do stuff. It's like, you know, we appreciate the help and I think that's the right mentality. If we start demanding things, then it's really business relationship wise with our members. I just want it to be like, you know, help me a little bit here. I'll help you guys a lot when you're fighting. Yeah. Let's just make it work together. Um, so I'm trying to train during my classes, long story short, trying to train during my classes, get some time in before and after classes as well. Mm -hmm. And then lean on my, my team to help me basically. Right. But it's definitely, um, a challenge time-wise there's only so many hours in a day okay so. and there is like that we i feel like we do have a very strong like team aspect yeah People, like and you know whenever somebody has a fight coming up like everyone's everyone's there for the guy like you when i have a fight coming up you're always how's like how you feeling today like yeah you know weight with weight cuts and everything and i feel like that's that's super important too to have that camaraderie and like everyone's super yeah. tight where like there's some gyms where guys just kind of come in and they're kind of f there for themselves and themselves only whereas mm -hmm. i feel like we have a really good like team dynamic yeah so that definitely helps as well yeah i've been to going back to like to the traveling part i've been to a lot of gyms where you go in and you go to sparring and there's 20 or 40 pros and they all have their own coaches huh. and they're all out like they're everybody's fighting under the same roof same roof they all come in from these random gyms throughout the interesting the area and uh Weird. they're not trying to kill each other but they're they're looking out for their own fighters and the fighters work, work with the coaches between rounds it just mm -hmm. feels like I don't know. It's, there's no team aspect to it. Yeah. And I, I'm all for guys coming in from other gyms. You need some different looks. Mm -hmm. um, that helps our guys too, right? But I don't think you need to have everybody out for themselves. That's, that doesn't build yeah. very quickly and very no. well. So, yeah, we're always going to be on each other. You know, even if I'm fighting, it's like these guys are all qualified to, to coach me and be in my corner and help me get ready amazing. too. So yeah. we all get better together. That's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, um, we were talking about that. Actually, I think it was on the way up where we were talking about different people and like plateauing in training where mm. like if I'm always training with the same eight guys my rounds are gonna be very different so I was coming here yeah. and all the rounds were completely different than what mm. I'm used to which is amazing right because like keeps you wanting like more of it right because you get to see like ooh, they got me with this but I got them with that but ooh, they're really good at this so I either got to work on it or that's just they're just that much better at that right, right? so it was, it's interesting to see that kind of dynamic take place but what I want to know is of all the gyms you've traveled to and gone to and from and like opened up and seen has there what is something that has stuck with you that's been like a really good experience lesson that you've taken away to apply here and what's something that you're like we're never going to do this oh man that's a tough one there's a lot of there's a lot of takeaways um I think the team thing is the biggest one. Yeah. You know, it's like, let's say I was lazy and I didn't clean. It's like, well, somebody might just come in and clean for me. You know, 100%. what if I didn't coach? Like, well, these guys might step up, but it's like, we need the entire gym to want to be a part of a team mm -hmm. or else people start getting hurt in training. People start right. not showing up for training. People don't like it, it. The whole thing falls apart. You need everybody to be selfless and then we get better. That's, right. that's a big thing. So it's like going to those gyms where there is no team aspect. I think guys from those gyms can get very good. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong, but if there's no team, they say, "Well, you know, I'm I've outgrown this gym. I'm out of here," and then they leave, and then the gym falls apart. Yeah. Or they hurt everybody else, and then the team falls apart. It's like well, you need guys looking out for each other, and then we all get better. Mm -hmm. you, you just can't do it on your own. Basically. Right. Yeah. So how many um, how many MMA fights have you had? Uh, fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. 
to him. Congrats on a major win. Yeah. That was awesome. That was so, like, last, what was that, like, a week ago now? Yeah, last yeah. Friday. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, dude. In Montreal, Samurai <laughs> MMA, yeah, first round. Was it standing rear naked? Yeah. Yeah. I guess you call, call it a that? side naked. So side that's naked, what they're calling dude, okay. it. Yeah. It was, um, nice. it's something I do in training. Uh, something that my coach, confirm. my coach Aaron <laughs> says to never do. So I'm glad I landed it because it's like, yeah. well, I'm right and you're wrong. You know? <laughs> so who, who's the coach? But yeah, it w everything worked out that night. It was nice. I didn't get hit. Um, the guy was a black belt on Faraz Hobby, So mm -hmm. no slouch. Um, couldn't ask for anything better, really. Yeah. What was it? Because was that the, your first time traveling for uh, like outside of the mm. province kind of thing, or was or one of the? Yeah, you know, it hasn't hasn't been too many times. I went to mm -hmm. Yellowknife once, and I went to Vancouver once. So right. third time. Oh, this God, was yeah. the definitely the furthest though. Yeah. yeah. What was that experience like? Because it's like you're going in, and they don't like I. <laughs> they don't bring guys to the to that side of the you know the yeah the to to win right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they definitely. I mean, it's Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't very friendly to me. Like, the promotion was great. Yeah. Everybody else in the city didn't like me, I'm pretty sure. But um, I don't think I was brought in to win. Yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah. But uh, it was just quiet. I, I expected it to be a pretty hostile environment. Yeah. It was just really, really quiet everywhere I went. Like, people just didn't really talk to me. Nobody spoke English, even though they might have. <laughs> even though they even might though have. I was like, there's no way. I'm to. pretty confident most people speak English, but not to me. Um, so it was just a weird, I kind of felt like I was in Russia, you know, it was just silent and dark and quiet, but we were also in our hotel for most time. So yeah. it wasn't a lot of interacting. It was cutting weight, eating, fighting, flying home like two hours later. So just, yeah. it wasn't, uh, yeah, there wasn't a lot of like, I don't know, exciting things going on. It was just a good experience yeah. though, right? Nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. It, it was solid. It was, uh, I mean, again, you can't ask for a better result for the fight. It no. would have been nice to see Montreal a little bit more, but maybe next time I'll fly out later, yeah. fly in earlier. It's overrated. Yeah? It's overrated. Anyway. Is it? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like Paris. Montreal but fans are going to be pissed. Yeah. Dude, I, I, <laughs> yeah, well. hated, I hated Paris. Yeah? Dude, that, I'll I didn't never, like it either. I'll never go back to Paris. There's so many rats. Like, other than the sea. Other, not Dude, the there's, sea there's garbage everywhere. There's graffiti yeah. everywhere. It's disgusting. It, it's like thick traffic. Every, it just smells like... <sighs> Man, exhaust and cigarettes and garbage. Yeah. Everywhere you go. It's, oh, yeah, it's a lot. Like, it was, I think, I don't know if this is recent, but I think it was 2000, or it was before the pandemic happened where Paris was the most traveled to tourist It's because they have a world. big airport there. Yeah, it's. They all transfer out of Paris, for sure. <laughs> Nobody's staying there. <laughs> Nobody stays. <laughs> they go through. Oh, man. Everybody from Paris that watches the show is going to hate us now. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Yeah, my six fans in Paris. Big but fan base there. Geez. Yeah, there's, um, what I want to know is um, your first fight's your most recent one, right? What was the difference in the nerves leading up from the first one to the most recent my one? My very first one to my most recent? Yeah. Oh. So my very first fight, I had done like maybe 10 MMA classes, and then I fought. So I was like a street fighter. And, and and just so like, you didn't have an amateur career before that either. No, there just wasn't even, right there wasn't even amateur. Yeah, it was just like you fought pro. We fought. It was like one of the first um, events in Edmonton that I'm aware of, besides MFC. Like it was very very new back then. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was like you've seen here comes the boom oh yeah it's kind of like those early fights Come like on. there weren't chickens chicken. there, <laughs> weren't, there weren't chickens but 
it was like you know it was old school MMA. Yeah. You know, Chuck nice. was at his peak. Yeah. Randy was at his peak. Like that's a long time ago. Jeez. But uh, nice. Yeah, man. Back then, I don't remember what I felt really. I, I don't think I was nervous, but I didn't have like I said to you before, Lane. I don't. I didn't have a brain. Like I fought at 170. I didn't cut any weight. I remember before. So I weighed in at 170. I didn't. Again, I didn't cut. After my weigh-ins, I didn't have any water. I don't know why, but I'm like, I don't need water. And I had a can of beans. So that was it. That was like my post by weigh-in. I'm like, I Come didn't on. eat beans. Like, beans Ready have protein. Go. <laughs> they've got sugar. They've got fiber. Like, I'm good. So I was so dehydrated. I just collapsed because I, I hadn't trained. Like, yeah. I ran on the treadmill a bit. Me, me, me and my buddy sparred. And uh, we had pads after we spar sometimes. Um, so I like gassed out. I just like collapsed. I remember my body against the wall, like I'm so tired. And then I just like fell down. So that was my first fight. So there wasn't a lot of thought process happening at that time. Into my last fight, it's like, it's a lot better. It's, <laughs> it's kind of lot. like zero. Yeah, it's like nothing to something, I guess. Like, yeah, night and day, man. Because I yeah. mean, now you're like, you're a professional athlete, like to the, like honestly, the most disciplined person I know. And you've never really fallen off. So it's like, it's interesting to hear that from like the beginning to like now, because like now you're reaching out. It's like, you yeah. would never think that, right? Yeah. Well, thank you. That's a nice, uh, <laughs> nice compliment. I think that will help me to coach guys. You know, it's like, I've seen all yeah. kinds of guys come in and say all kinds of things. And that will lead to, it's like, well, I've been there. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been the dumbest individual you can be. So you may be really dumb. We can relate, you know, yeah. but... Yeah, it's, it, I wouldn't recommend it for like, it's like, don't do what I did for fighting, but let me help coach you because I can, I can correct what you're yeah. doing. Because, man, we have guys come in all the time and you hear it. It's yeah. like, never train. It's like, hey, bro, I want to bang. Like, just put me in there. It's like, they've done like a month of training or like, <laughs> man, like man, I'm going to be a world champ. It's like, dude, you haven't had a smoker. Like, you've never done a <laughs> kids tournament. Like, how, how do you know you want to be a world champ? Yeah. You know? And it's, uh, <laughs> and they, you know, they don't last, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter much. They're gone yeah. pretty quick, but yeah. Oof. And that's good too, because you can, you can, uh, you know, you can uh, articulate like what not to do as well. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, so yeah, that's really important too. Yeah. <clears throat> Dude, when you're in like the thick of it and whether you're, you're getting your butt kicked or not, or you're winning, what, what's going through your head in between rounds? Like the most recent one, like what goes through? That's a great question. Yeah. The last one was Thank one you, Craig. Round, so. yeah. <laughs> I He's haven't like nothing. Had, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zero. Zero thought. I haven't had too many um, between rounds. Most of my wins are from first round, which is nice. So maybe, I'm it. not the best guy to ask. Um, it's kind of just like chaos. It's like you don't, when you're fighting, you don't know how much time is left. Like, you could be fighting 30 seconds in, and you're like, it's been an hour. Like, I'm so tired. Yeah. You can be four minutes in, and you're like, I think I'm a minute in. Like, you just don't know. The round ends. You, like, don't know where to walk to. So you're like, go find your coach, walk over to him, sit down. And you're just trying to listen, but it's like, you're just kind of, yeah. I don't want to say you're drunk, but it's like, you're just not thinking clearly yeah. at all. You're easily disoriented. So that's why when you're a coach, yeah. it's like the simplest instructions possible, and you repeat it over and over, because yeah. a fighter will, like, you say something complex, it's like, going over here. yeah it's gone eh? yeah and to add to that too right like it's such a hectic situation that in between rounds like hearing a familiar voice mm -hmm. and just kind of bringing things back down to ground level yeah i think that's like I, I mean like i can attest to like be in between rounds like just calming just trying to uh, like ground yourself yeah it's probably the most like what i'm trying to do 
Yeah, that's and, and that's why you need a coach that's like actually like that's why you got to do the proper training. You need yeah. somebody who's invested in you because you hear my voice, you hear Aaron's voice throughout training. Yeah. So when you fight, it does bring you down. It calms mm-hmm. you down, and you need somebody that you recognize and that kind of brings you some comfort. Yeah. Because yeah, man, it's uh, it's crazy in there. How how often in your life do you fight? Do you fist fight somebody who's dangerous in front of two thousand people on TV? In your underwear. Like, Right. In your underwear, yeah. yeah like much. most people, you get in a street fight against somebody who has never thrown a punch, and you have your coats on, and nobody's there, and like yeah, even silly. that is like you finish, and your adrenaline is crazy for the whole night. So mm-hmm. imagine in a fight, it's just yeah. just trying to control the chaos, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. So that psychological part, and we were talking about this yesterday, and I think you know where I'm going with this because it was it threw me off because you didn't put the timer on for rounds. Mm. yesterday mm-hmm. and i was messing with my head <laughs> i was like yo i do that know. a lot here yeah. yeah i was like i don't know what's going on <laughs> i was like do i go hard or do i slow you can't breathe and i was like yeah you know what? we'll just go it's got to yeah. end at some point yeah so is that kind of why you do that specifically i just really wanted to know that's more so to bring out i don't want uh, kind of bring out the crazy in you a little bit nice not so much for jujitsu, but it's like just fight yeah stop thinking so much because everybody's like, well, I'll pace myself. I'll do this for this minute. Like, there, there's too much going on. It's like when you're in a fight, again, you don't know the time. And you just have to be like, I'm going. To, like, there's ways you can think about it, yeah. obviously. But one of the ways that I think about it is I'm going to just fight this guy until he quits. Fair. Or I'm just going to fight this guy. Like, I'm going to try to, like, go until the ref, like, literally pulls me off. Like, mm-hmm. You have to have those kind of things in your in your mind. Yeah. So when you're training, it's like, well, I don't want the, the timer to save me. I don't want to pace myself. It's like, I'm just going until, like, I have to be stopped, basically. And guys will fight uh, different. It forces you to, when there's no timer, to, to fight more smarter. Yeah. And then, because guys will fight differently if they know that, okay, I have 30 seconds left. Oh, yeah. Right? And then it's also, if you're, if you're the one being smashed, it forces you, okay, I'm not going to quit. I don't care yeah. how long, it, like, I'm not, you know, it, it's mentally like strength it strengthens you as yeah, well I feel. for yeah. sure it doesn't it yeah. puts you in a it's miserable spot, but, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's not <laughs> but it's zero fun yeah. i might add but no it's uh it makes a lot of sense to do it that way but what i'm, what I'm curious about too craig is um what goes in to like what makes an ideal fight camp for you like it could be for you personally or Actually, both you personally and what like create. What would you do for a perfect like best case scenario? Create a fight camp for like Lane, for example. I mean, you gotta you have to tailor it a little bit based on the fighter. Yeah. Some guys are really mentally strong. Some not quite as much. So some guys need confidence. Some guys need to be broken down and know that they can overcome. Like it depends on the person. Interesting. A guy like Lane is like Lane is is very hard to break. Yeah. And Lane likes to work hard, and I think he feels better when he's had a really grinding, hard training camp with good cardio. Yeah. If he didn't put in the work, like just the sessions and the hours, I don't think he'd feel as good. So for a guy like Lane, it's like, well, we're gonna we're gonna shark tank you. You're gonna grind, and you'll naturally beat most of the guys you train with, right? But we we need to make it like as fight style as we can. Mm-hmm. Other guys. They, they grind for a month and like their bodies just break or they mentally they break. Yeah. So maybe it's a little more pad based and it's a little like prettier. Or technique so stuff. It depends on the person. I'm more like Lane. I like to have like a grinding uh, camp where I'm yeah. knowing that my cardio was pushed. I burn my lungs up. My heart rate is low. Like I'm, I'm looking lean. Like you need mm-hmm. to look at and feel it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have a pretty camp where I haven't been punched, I haven't been dragged around a little bit, it's like, well, what happens in a fight. It's like, I want to yeah. go through everything in training. Right? right. You almost don't feel as confident in those yeah. situations. Like in the, 
the chaos of it yeah. of it as you will yeah also i don't know if you have this but i have like a minimum amount like if i'm in camp there's like a minimum amount of hours i need to put in at the end of the week to mm. feel like like i got the most out of that week yeah and i think if, i think for me it's like i need i don't know 15 hours or something yeah. by the end of the end of the seven days whatever it is yeah yeah and then i feel like okay like i that's that's a solid week. Yeah, yeah. I think 15 is a good number. Yeah. And I know there are guys, man. I don't get how they do it because there are guys that put in under 10. Mm. Like, like I'm okay. I can still fight. It's like, but do you do you believe in yourself? Yeah, like, yeah. you got to know you're in bad shape. You got to know you haven't grappled or you know whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, where yeah. are you getting this confidence from? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a that's a weird one. I've always been wondering that, like the mindset of people when you create, because you're tailor-making something for them, right? To get into, like you said, like this crazy adrenaline type, you're fighting for your life, yeah. right? At the end of the day. And I've never been in a pro fight, obviously. Um, done a lot of jujitsu matches and stuff and tournaments and stuff. And then, you know, the odd fun uh, street fight, as I'm sure we all have, but uh, yeah, otherwise, no. So I can't attest to a fight camp, but creating that, experience for somebody i've always wondered like are you yeah i guess you build the confidence to them or is like repping out skills to make them feel good mm -hmm. but then what goes into the planning of like who their opponent is or does that not matter at the beginning stages and it's only like when you get to a point of it would definitely depend on the like, level right like yeah it's like for example one of our guys is fighting fairly soon and mm -hmm. we don't know much about his opponent so let's say that happens we don't have any film on their guys right. it happens when they're amateur newer pros there's just there's not much background. So in that kind of a scenario, we just game plan for everything. Makes sense. But if, you know, if Lane's fighting a guy who's, for example, four and one, mm -hmm. and we have four fights we can watch on him guy. It's like, well, we, we know what this guy's good at and what, what he's bad at. It's not going to completely change our game, mm -hmm. but we'll put you in those scenarios that he might put you in, and then we'll work on your offense as well. So it's a mixture of nice. offense and defense. Okay, that's how you do it. But, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's different for everybody, basically. Nice. And I think that's something that a lot of like younger fighters, because I'm Jim, I train that there's a lot of younger guys kind of getting going and seeing kind of the different pieces that they put together. And I don't, and I think it's all like a group thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's train all, like there's like four or five of them. It's like, okay, they're training a certain way for a certain situation. It seems to be working out, which yeah. is cool. But I think at what point in somebody's career do you switch? Do you switch it? Is it just like you just said, like the experience of like the other guy, or like now that like you're a pro, you can get into okay, we take we kind of stage it a different way, or is it all just mm. it's all just pretty much the same? I think I think you have to look at everybody's body type, their skill set, and you you have to build up their offense. Yeah. So it's like Lane has his own game. Mm. We're gonna build Lane's game up while we also put some time into what his opponent might try to do. Mm -hmm. So it's not just offense, not just defense, but we have to always build his offense right. because every opponent is going to be different. And we want to get to the point where no matter who he fights, his offense just smashes whatever they do. That's nice. the idea. You see a guy like Habib, mm -hmm. it's like, I'm sure he reps out what guys will try to do to him. Yeah. But most of his training at this point or at the point when he was a world champ yeah. was he's just doing his offense because nobody could even touch it. And now yeah. his offense is so good. Everybody he fights is focusing so much on what he's going to do to them. It takes, so, uh, so now they're doing all their defense. So you do want to get your offense really high uh, and let everybody worry about you. But you can't deny or ignore everybody else yeah, at the same time, especially when your game isn't like 
super high level yet. Yeah, it's not a could be one. And a lot of uh, like getting better is 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 not done in fight camp, right? Because you're only, you're only gonna get so much better in fight camp. Like it's the it's when you don't have a fight coming up that you get better, and then when you have, you, just, you say you have you sign a contract to fight in eight weeks, then you're just sharpening those tools that you already had. You're not necessarily adding anything to your game. You're just getting your like whatever offense you already have. You're making sure that's dialed in, mm-hmm. and then you're kind of doing fight specific things for whoever you're fighting. Yeah, get sharp and lose weight. Yeah, get your cardio up. It's like three things really. Yeah. But yeah, so many guys, especially like the earlier days going back. It's like so mm-hmm. many guys, it was fight camp, they're taking time off. It's like, you want to be a high level fighter? It's like you have to get a solid skill set. That takes a long time. Yeah. To pick up a couple of things that, and actually make it part of your game, it's like four or six months of like drills over yeah. and over. So you can't expect to get good mm-hmm. six enough. months out of the year, four months out of the year. 100%, mm-hmm. yeah. Give me a sec, I'm just gonna hit that. That's the funny thing. How you guys feeling so far? Good. Smooth sailing. It's about three o'clock just to cool. heads up. So, I want to ask both of you this question. Um, what, uh, what is something that you've learned so far from your like, short or long MMA career that has kind of been applicable in like everyday life? Mm. You know? Do you want to go first? Go ahead, Lane. Okay. I gotta um, think about this one. <clears throat> so many questions. So for me, like one <laughs> thing that like, I mean, I, I have, a, I'm very young in my career, right? Yeah. Um, but one thing just through competing and, and fighting, it's, it's taught me a lot of how to like dive, be comfortable in like uncomfortable situations, right? Like whatever mm-hmm. that may be. Um, I feel like my, I, I manage stress a lot more because are a lot better, I should say. Yeah. Because I, like when you're in those like super like, chaotic, like high stress situations, when something in like daily life goes wrong, like, you know, like the dog, you know, whatever it may be, it's like, it doesn't, I, do, I feel like those kind of minute things in daily life don't bother me as much as they used to because right. I have such, I've, I've been through such more um, like chaotic and stressful situations. I'd say that's probably like the major thing that I've, that like I've taken that. away. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to kind of copy you. I'm going to echo yeah. Lane's answer because <laughs> I, I completely agree. It's, it's a confidence thing. And it's, I don't like the word confidence because it makes me feel like I'm like, I can do this. It's like, realistically, <laughs> you just kind of stop caring, if that makes right. sense. Absolutely. So if I was driving, for example, if I'm driving around 12 years ago and somebody gives me the finger and wants to fight me, it's like, oh, okay, like I'm getting riled up. Now when somebody like threatens me or threatens or, you know, says something silly or whatever, yeah. it's like, <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah. like, sure. It's like how many people that you will meet out in public will be able to like do anything to you physically? It's like yeah. almost zero. Yeah. Like there's maybe a couple in like the city mm-hmm. and they would know me and I would know yeah, them. Exactly. So we're going to be like, all right, see you, soon. See you later. See you at the next unified event. Yeah. So it's like, nobody's going to do anything to you. So you yeah. just don't really care anymore. It's just kind of funny. Like it makes it comical. Nice. So, yeah. That's, it's it's a cool yeah. feeling. I like it. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. That gives you that. And, and that, yeah. that's not to be like cocky. Like I could, oh, you know, I could beat. Oh no, it's just no, the reality. It's, and it's like, yeah. I mean, maybe like confidence yeah. sounds like oh, I'm confident, but like it is really just like confident and like, you know, yeah, not not sweating like the small stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. And you don't go around. Sorry, I'm gonna add to that. You don't go around like being like, well, I can beat everybody. Like like do something. No. Like yeah. I don't want guys to do anything, but you just feel like. When you get to that, when you get to a higher level, 
guys won't be able to hurt you. So you can just literally like, you could walk away, you could stand yeah. there and like move. Like there's nothing that's gonna happen and you're not gonna hurt them, but you can like have fun with it if you wanted to. So speaking of that, do you have a good example? That's why I'm laughing. Cause I'm, like, <laughs> I'm really curious. Cause I, I'm hoping you, I know you might have a great answer, but how have you had a scenario like that where like recently, if you care to speak about it, right? You don't have to, but that somebody is like, you've had to defuse a situation, we'll call it. Like, what's the best one you could think of? It doesn't have to be the most recent, but. Nothing too crazy. I would say like every second or third day I drive to work, mm-hmm. somebody wants to fight me. Maybe that's my driving. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I drive, my, like, my backup career is Formula One, <laughs> which is like expensive. It's not going to happen, but I feel like my skills are there. So I drive to work maybe with a little bit of that in my head. And then, uh, yeah, every second or third day, somebody gives me the finger or yells at me, like wants to attack me from inside their car. So I'll like usually smile and give them some funny gestures. I'll like, I'll have fun with it. And it's usually like a 48 year old man who's like got a pretty big gut or something, or it's like a little, you know, tiny mom or something. So you can just laugh, but it does happen. Pretty much always when I'm driving, you know, yeah. it's it's fun. And Edmonton has some of the dude. Worst everybody's drivers. so angry and everybody's so bad. They're so mad at driving. Yeah. It's it's crazy here. Yeah, yeah, some of the worst. Oh, no. Like you'll just be driving on the freeway and someone will just like start driving into your lane and you like honk politely and they're like, you like you want to like like I'll kill you. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like dude, I you were just gonna drive into my car. I just yeah. you know. How many times like you're on the highway and it's like you see someone driving? It's like oh we can do that now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was on our way here this morning too. Yeah. Every time. We're, oh, yesterday was good. There's that lady asking us for, like, she didn't believe that we didn't have a lighter when we were walking your dog. <laughs> yeah. She's like, no, yeah. no. And I was like, dude, do we, should we turn around? She was convincing me that I had a lighter. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I have one. Let me check again. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little situation like that, but I because I get into this conversation every, pretty much every time I see my good buddy Pat, and he's like, we talk about that where that's the, that's the end of all situations. Like if we're talking shit, it's like, it doesn't end with like, I mean, if we're all talking shit, I would make a joke and somebody's be like, all right, you got me, you know? But, cause there's like, it's fun. But if somebody's like, you go back and forth or like they comment rude stuff online and like social media is now made it okay to, say whatever you want to anybody mm. i don't know yeah, if it just get punched in the face yeah no consequences right yeah so what do people like not understand like normal people what do they not understand like what are they missing about like that like about the violence like, aspect or the, like talking trash on social media yeah and like <laughs> stuff like that and just like going up to like well, the, i think the confrontation part i'll of just it. jump in like I, I just don't think a lot of people have been beat up right like a lot of people just yeah. don't know like what it's like to be beat up right or have they never been in a physical altercation in their life and they have this convoluted idea of what they would do in that situation that is just ludicrous right okay yeah i think it is it would be good and beneficial for everybody to train yeah just so you see what's out there you don't have to like go spar but like go grapple with somebody who's trained for a while Mm. and you will stop talking trash because you'll realize how incredibly not capable you are at defending yourself or anybody you love that's a reality. It's like most people would die so quick against a fighter. Like they have Very no fast. idea. So Very it could fast. be a punch in the face, could come grapple, but it's like you, you do need to realize where you're at on like the, yeah, yeah. it's, um, and 
sorry, just going back to the, the trash talk. Sure. I think on the other side, everybody gets so like upset about a trash talk. It's like online. I think if you're the, the tougher person, mm-hmm. you just have to have fun with it. Same as a driving thing. It's like, just don't, <laughs> don't worry about it yeah. because you know what they are. You've right. seen guys come in on their three day trial and you'll see <laughs> where their skill set is. That is the same person talking trash to you. Yeah. It, it doesn't yeah. matter. They can do it. They can't even run down their block. Yeah. You know, like, don't worry about it. Yeah, Interesting. for sure. Probably the best way to go about it. Like, there's a, yeah, I have a buddy of mine, big guy, and he was kind of had that, like, ego check. It's, I like bringing all my friends. I'm like, yo, look, you don't have to, com- like, compete or go pro or anything. But I'm like, just come train. Just one time. Yeah. And it's when they roll women. That's when I've noticed the biggest mm-hmm. difference. Because they're not rolling. Like, it's a one-sided ass whooping, and they're on the receiving end. Mm-hmm. They at least know that they can count down for five minutes, but if they didn't have the timer, they'd be like, what are we in for, right? Yeah. So every time like they come out of it, they're, I'm like, Yo, how do you feel? And they're like, I felt humbled. I was like, I don't think yeah. you've ever used that word in your life, and I've known you for like eight years, yeah. eight, nine years. So I think, that, I think that learning the lesson part of it is kind of, yeah, they need, a, they need some form of in your face, can't do anything, doesn't matter, no time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, it's just always forward. Yeah. Right. They just need to experience that. My little brother's the worst for that one, man. Oh man. Every time, like it's just aggressive with it. Just. But I got to a point where, ever since I, st- I started training, it's like, oh, you think you're tough, dude? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, we'll roll. I'm like, well, whatever. And then roll once, and then after it, it just gets worse and worse and worse. That you get to a point where it's worse. Worse nothing. in what way? Worse in like they just get, like. They just get beat up a bit easier every time. Like mm-hmm. I'm getting better at it, mm-hmm. and they're not doing anything. Okay, so they're still it. talking the same game. Yeah, but they're and they get to a up. point, okay. yeah, where they That's stop, the worst, yeah. and they're like, "All right, you're two and a half years in," and they're like, "Okay, you know, maybe not." Well, you just need a memorable experience. So you have to be like, "Hey, look, we've gone, we wrestle for like a minute or two each yeah. time, and you keep coming back." It's like I'm not gonna stop now for like 20 minutes. Like Might you're gonna get to for 20 it. minutes, and then they'll they won't come back. Oh, okay. Uh, I apologize to your that's brother. A good point. No, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's good for everybody. You just need that experience, Absolutely. and may, maybe yeah. he'll come train after. But like, you know what? That yeah. sucked. That was the worst experience. And maybe he'll be a gangster soon. You know, but yeah. 20 minutes, it'll, it'll stop. That's the way to do you. it, eh? Jeez. Yeah, that's a good way to go. It's a good way to go about it for sure. So, what I'm curious about, as we can, we can almost wrap it up, and you got a you got a time limit on you. Um, what is something like what's kind of and this is more this could be related to fighting or anything else or business but what's the most uh what's something that somebody told you when you were younger that's kind of like it could be a quote or a wisdom whatever or like a lesson that you learned when you were younger that's kind of stayed true to today lane do you have one let me think about this. <laughs> so something that somebody told me that's still like uh i mean i guess Nothing that jump, jumps out to me right like right away, but I, I just I just know, remember like a hard work ethic was always like my family always instilled that in me like from day one. Nice. So like just not like don't complain so much and like be grateful for what you have and work hard. Like I I, uh, I feel like a strong worth work ethic and like the, the the ability to take constructive criticism and just yeah just show up and work hard is something that this generation is kind of lacking. And I think that I think that a strong work work ethic is is extremely important. Something that I was always taught, and something that I still hold true to, to today. Nice, I like that. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. It's it's great. That's really good. Yeah. 
I'm like same idea. I don't have a, like a specific, you know, quote or something in, in mind that somebody said to me. Just like I remember being raised a certain way and and being around people that lived a certain way, and it was just to not be afraid of anybody. Nice. And uh, a friend of mine, his name is Steve Beaumont. He was a good role model for that. Like he'll fight four guys at the same time, and he'll like I remember him going to the gym to get a pump, going to the bar, and then fighting. Like he was just he was a guy, he was a gangster and a beauty. Or he, he is. He's, He's, he's settled down with the family now, but man, just watching guys like that, it's like my brother, like all of these older guys that were just like, don't be a pussy. Yeah. Don't run away. Don't back up. Like stand there, stand your ground. It's like that yeah. matters in fighting. 100%. And that matters in life. It's like as soon as you, as soon as you flinch, it's like you're dead. You know, you can't be timid. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't think you have to be like puffing your chest out, but it's like somebody like you know, does something to you, it's like you can't just run away. You can't just turn around. You got to like stand there and be a man and take it. Yeah, that's a huge, like, I like what you said, Lane, about the generational, like there's mm. friends of mine or guys I know just like a year or two younger mm. and it's gone. Right. right. And then this yeah. guy's two years older, like a year older, where it's just like the complete opposite. Dude, wait, wait till you're 10 years, like wait to see high school when you're 30. Oh no. Oh man. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Things just going to get worse too, eh? Oh yeah. Hopefully not. I like to, I like to think, like, I like to, you know, um, yeah, think, think that it would get better, but you know, it's not looking like that. Yeah. And hope for the best on that one, but <coughs> it's a comfortable world, right? Yeah. It's like, why do anything that is uncomfortable now? Can't fail anything, you know? Yeah, and I was telling Lane, I was like, uh, it was one who was in the Lone Survivor speech, but he goes like, he's like, anything we're doing is worth overdoing. Because mm. then, like, he's like, moderation for cowards. <laughs> and I'm like, my you're on to something, my dude. You know, it just it allows you to kind of, that comfortability doesn't help you grow. Like, we were put on the earth to grow, to learn, connect. Yeah. Right. You can't 100%. do any of that. Where would we be if we had stopped throughout history every time we were uncomfortable? We'd be nowhere. None of us would be here. We'd be, we'd be, no. We wouldn't be in this place, wouldn't be in front of the camera, nothing. Kingdom MMA wouldn't be here. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, 100%. Oh, man. We wouldn't have this technology, you know, everything. It's it's hard work. We have to all have it, right? For sure. So, do you have any kind of conclusive message or anything you want to say or? Thanks for having me. I just want to pass on. This is fun. Dude, I'm glad. Whenever you're in town, call me. Yeah, I will for um, sure. Appreciate it. Not really. Don't be soft. Work hard. Train MMA. Grapple for 20 minutes. That's pretty much all I got for you. Absolutely. That's Grapple for 20 <laughs> minutes. That's, a, that's golden. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Well, gentlemen, Craig, I really appreciate your time. I really do. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, brother. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Allowing me in the facility and kicking, mm-hmm. kicking my ass. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a good really rule. No, it. nobody got beat up there. Ah, I mean... <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> of the beholder, right? <laughs> so, no, I appreciate it a lot. It was a very, very clean, nice facility you allowed me in. And, um, yeah, and just thank you very much. I'm really grateful. So, Anytime. Appreciate thank it. Thank you.